Good morning. Some of you are outside. It's, it's a bit hot inside, right? Is it a bit hot? Jode, can you make sure that it's blasting 18 degrees inside? Because it's a bit stuffy. But I know the reason. You guys want to know the reason? It's because the men of this church are on fire. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Yesterday we were here late in the afternoon and we were talking and we started this Bible study called Men on Fire. Because it's important that we are on fire for God, that we are on fire for the important things that God is doing. And God is doing immensely beautiful things. So the men of this community, they wanted to make sure that they come to this place. They come here to sing. They come here to pray. I mean, if some of the ladies were here and looking at the men just seeking the heart of God, there is nothing, in my experience, there is nothing more irresistible for a woman than a godly man. Seeking the heart of God. Can I hear an amen from the ladies? Single guys, have you heard that? (laughs) But even married men, there's nothing more attractive than a godly husband seeking the heart of God. Ladies, what can I hear? It's true. And God is moving, and it's so beautiful And all the announcement that Joday gave that we're living such beautiful times. God is doing amazing things in your life throughout the week i am able to hear so much that god is doing how god is moving in your heart how god is guiding you even as a community in every event in every opportunity we have of just making sure that our hearts are in sync with the lord and god is really speaking and doing such wonderful things um and i remember i remember that uh, it's such a dangerous thing as as missing out A lot of we were talking yesterday how men are not very driven by FOMO. We're meant to have the tendency, not all men, of course, we're all very diverse, but men have the tendency of being like lone wolves. And sometimes, men, we have to encourage them, come on, let's go to a gathering, let's go do things with other people. And we want to make sure, just really want to make sure that you're not missing out. There's a danger of missing out on the things that God is doing. And so if you're part of this community, if this is the community that God, where God has planted you, what we do, and we want to make sure through the announcements and everything, that you're not missing out on the grace of God, that you're not missing out on the work that God is doing in our lives, because it's the most important thing ever. And I remember that I was thinking about this uh, as I prepared for the message this, this morning, uh, and I remembered my camping days with Gabby. They were quite short-lived, I have to confess, because when we got married as a wedding gift, we got this tent, a two-person tent, and because we had free time and and life was not overloaded at all, so we would just pick up the tent, put it in the car, hey, let's go somewhere. Let's go somewhere today. Let's camp out. Let's just be adventurous. And it was exciting. And nowadays, it's not really possible. Nowadays, we have to ask permission to our parents to go out even on a date night just because we have girls, so we need babysitters. So life is not as free as it once was, but it's absolutely fine. And now, but I remember those days that we would just make the most of the time that we had available. Nothing was really pulling us. So, and we were to find somewhere in this beautiful country called Portugal, somewhere to place our tent. But I still remember, because we're both sometimes a bit stubborn, and we would like debate immensely, where would we place our tent? Where we would camp for the night? Because it's a very important decision. That is so important that you make sure that you have the most precious time, and if you put your tent in the wrong place, man, so many things can happen. 
Maybe it's going to start raining during the night. Maybe if you camp too close to other people, it's going to be noisy in the morning. Maybe just maybe there's going to be too much sun in, in the morning and then you're not able to sleep in a little bit longer. Uh, you need to be close to the bathroom as well a little bit in the camping site. And that's mostly me. I need a bathroom close. I don't want to just be in the woods. So th there's so much good to go into. It's just to make sure that you make the good decision, that you make sure that you are able to have the best experience possible. And this made me think throughout this week that we only have one life to live. We only have this one opportunity with life to do the most that we can with it. It's so important to get what we do on life right. Now, if you're looking to your friends, if you're looking into the world for answers on how to live right, how to live the right way, I don't think you're going to have much luck. Because people, and maybe you agree with me, I think, I think I'm right on this, that most people's state of mind is dwelling in confusion. People feel immensely lost. There's so much hesitation. There is so much uncertainty, even on things that we're, we took so much for granted before. Nowadays, it just feels a bit of a mess, and people don't know where to place their tents. People don't know how to build their lives. And this matters so much, because if you don't know where you're standing in life, if you don't know what you believe, if you don't know who to trust, It's very, very, very hard to build anything. It's very, very hard to do something that will be worthwhile. But the good news of the gospel, say in Psalm 18, verse 30 says, God's way is perfect. God's way is perfect. The Lord's word doesn't have any flaws. He is like a shield to all who go to him for safety. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about God's way. Because God's way is the right way to live. God's way is the way that we should plan our lives on. And why, you may ask, why? Why should I base my life on what God wants? Why should I listen to God's way and on my own way? Because God, He is the creator of life itself. God is the giver of life. Every single day that you're alive, it's because of God. He is all-wise. He is all-powerful. He is all-loving. And he told us the truth where we should base our lives on. And the truth is the Word of God. The, the Lord's Word doesn't have any flaws. If you're looking for direction, if you're looking for the compass to guide you, if you're looking for good ideas, if you're looking for a solution to your problems, you can find it all in the Word of God. There is no area about you, nothing that you're going through in life that the Word of God doesn't have an answer to. Can I hear an Amen. Do you believe in that? If you want to know more about families, if you want to know how families should be, I know that every family is imperfect, but you want to make sure that you're making the right decisions. Where do you go to? We go to the Word of God. Because God created families. If your marriage is not working out and things are getting complicated, you don't see a solution to that conflict, to that difference of personalities, to that difference of opinions. Where do you go to? 
You go to the word of God because God declares what he created you to be and how you should respond in love and care to the person that he put next to you. If you don't know how to raise your children, you go to the word of God. If you don't know how to conduct your business, you need to go to the word of God. Whatever it is that you want to do and God has placed and gave you many opportunities in your life to build and to do something, it's better that you and I, we find our way in God's way. God, life is so precious. Our lives are so precious in the eyes of God that he didn't leave up to chance that you make a good call on what to do. God was very clear. The word of God has 66 books, 66 books, complete works of the revelation of God for you and I so that we know what is the heart of God and how God desires you and I to live. We only have one life to live. So it's important that we live it in the right way. And I want us to read a passage that we find in Matthew chapter 7. And Jesus taught us on the importance of building our lives the right way. So if you please will open with me, if you have your Bible apps, if you take notes that way, if you have uh, a notebook, feel free or just read from and accompany me from the screen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, Therefore, Jesus' words, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine, if you do what I'm telling you to do, if you choose to follow God's way, you are like a wise man that built his house on the rock. Now let's go into this. Who do Jesus' words apply to? Who should seek God's word? Who should seek God's way? According to this verse, if you can keep the verse on the screen. Who to? Can I hear it again? Everyone. Everyone should seek the way of God. Everyone from every culture, from every nation, from every walk of life, from every career, everyone needs to seek the ways of God. Everyone has the responsibility to make the wise decision of listening to the teachings of Jesus, of listening of the way of how God wants us to live. And so if anyone wants to know how to build your life, Pastor Reuben, what should I do? You should listen to God. You should listen to God's way and put it into practice. Because what Jesus has to say, it's not just some incidental additions to your life. It's not just some homeowner improvements that you do here and there that is going to make your life, uh, your life look a little bit better, a little bit nicer, that your cover just covers some of the flaws that you have. No, these are foundational words. The first things that you need to do as a human being that is alive is going back to God, listen to him and put into practice what he says. And if you trust and you work out these words into your life, Jesus is saying, you're like a smart builder. You're like someone that knows what to do because you're building your life on solid rock. That's what we need, right? 
We need to base our lives. We need to be foundational in what the Word of God says to build our lives on solid rock. Why? Why do we need solid rock? Why is it so wise to build our lives on solid rock? Verse 25 says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Now, you are familiar, I think many of you are familiar with Jesus' words. And you know that Jesus is talking about the weather, but he's not really talking about the weather. Many times Jesus is talking about lamps, but Jesus is not really talking about lamps. What Jesus is talking about is you and me. What he's talking about is our lives. And our lives are going to be exposed to the elements. Our lives are going to be exposed to difficulty and struggles that we can't even anticipate clearly. No one really knows the day of tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen because you and I were building our lives. We were making all of these decisions. But the rain will fall. The bad news will come. A tornado, something that feels like a tornado is going to hit the house of your life. And the Bible says, if you are founded in the words of Jesus, if you base your life in the word of God and in the plans and the purposes why God created you, you're going to stand firm. Your house will not be shaken. It will not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus is warning us, and this is a word of warning. You got to be ready for the storms of life. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Because they will hit. And you need to make sure that you're making the wise decisions. And maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe that's the whole reason that you're here in church this morning, because you're being hit by the storm, because things are not working out the way that you anticipated, and now you don't know what to do. Well, and we are here to tell you this morning that you came to the right place, because God has the answers that you need to hear this morning. God has the plans and the purposes that you need to start applying into your life, because Jesus is promising, if you listen to what I'm saying, if you start doing what, how I'm telling you to do, then you are going to see my grace and my love and my power at work in your life, protecting you and guiding you. There's only a promise in the Word of God for those that are actively pursuing what Jesus has told us to do. This man in this story, he was ready. Nothing moved that house. He was fixed on the rock. He built his life on the word and the truth that Jesus proclaims. But listen to this in verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down. Same thing. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. Now this is a strong word to call someone foolish. But this is what Jesus is saying. Everyone who hears what Jesus is saying 
We are privileged to listen to the Word of God. I'm grateful to be part of a community that we not only have the Word of God being proclaimed on Sundays, we have life groups, we have different gatherings. Every opportunity we have, we are just giving the people the Word of God. And we are sharing the Word of God with one another. That's the most important gift. That's the most important use of our time, giving people the Word of God. But so many times the Word of God says we are not putting it into practice. We are nitpicking, we are choosing what we want to do with the words of Jesus. And that is foolishness, that is irresponsible, that is imprudent, that is senseless thing to do. Because if the words of Jesus are just meant to be used in studies and we don't apply it into our lives, if we actually don't do what he says, we're not being a wise builder. We're being a foolish builder. Building a house on sandy ground. And when the storms come and when the wind blows, a tornado hits the house, it immediately collapses like a house of cards. And I don't know if this resonates with you, but so many times we see people around us, their lives being hit by the storms of life and everything just comes down crashing. And people feel lost, people feel senseless, people feel so frustrated because they spend so much time building something that is not going to last. It's not going to be approved against the storms. So if you want to know if you're building your life on solid ground, then you and I, we need to be asking ourselves, what are you doing with Jesus' words? How are you listening and applying the word of God into your life? And let me tell you, it's better to be honest. And this is a great morning to be honest. It's a great moment to look inside our lives And as the Spirit of God is speaking to each and every one of us this morning, the Holy Spirit is not interested in guilt-tripping you and making you feel miserable, no. But He is here to give you conviction and make you become a man and woman of conviction that if you are following the Word of God, if you are committed to listening to Jesus, if you're putting every effort and every decision that of your life at the feet of Jesus and asking God for wisdom and grace, that is the way to do things. That is the way that we want to everyone in this community to start building their lives. And many of you and so many of us, I hope, are in the right track. We're trying. We make every effort, many times with sacrifice, but we want to apply the Word of God into our lives and do, committed to doing everything that He called us to do. But some of us this morning are not like that. You're doing life your own way, and you're building life your own way, and you expect things to work out, but they're not. You expect things to be better because you thought about it and you think it's the best decision. But man, if the storms hit and the storms will hit your house, it's not going to withstand. And as a pastor, as leaders of the church, we love people. That's one of the reasons that we feel called to ministry is because we look at your faces, we look at your lives, and we have such a deep conviction of the love that God has for you. God loves you immensely. He created you uniquely. He created you with a purpose. 
You are beautiful in the eyes of God. And he created you not to be just hit and and go down with the storm every time that something happens. No, he wants you to withstand. He wants you to experience his goodness, even in the hardest of circumstances of life. Because he's going to be with you. His word is going to make you stand. But so many times, pastors, people in ministry, your life group leaders, what we are seeing is so many times people just being hit left, right, and center, and then everything crumbles down to pieces. And pastors many times were there to pick up the pieces, to encourage you, to pray for you, to to tell you that God is still good, that God is still faithful, that God has a plan. But so many times people are simply continuing to build how they think their lives should be instead of seeking the heart of God. And this is what I am telling you this morning. How are you listening to the words of Jesus? How are you living in conviction that you are applying the things that you're listening from the Lord? Are you making them your priority? Are you putting those things in first place? Or you say God, to tell God, God, you can have the leftovers because my career right now comes first. Because my, my plans of traveling come first. Because my, my family right now comes first. Because right now I need to take some time to myself to heal my wounds. Do you know that expression? Healing my wounds. I'm still yet to figure out a human being that can heal his own wounds. Everything that we need comes when we place the kingdom of God first in our lives. If we do what Jesus is telling us to do. I know that we have people in this room in very different journeys with Jesus. Hopefully all of you have surrendered your lives to him, but we have people here that have been following Jesus for one year or less. Can I see hands? Who's been following Jesus for one year or less? God bless you. Give him a round of applause. And you too. We have people that have been living with Jesus for for five years. Can I see hands? Who's been five years, four, five, six years? People that have been living with God for 10 years. Can I see hands? 10 years. 15 years. Ooh. 20 years. Oh, wow. We're we're getting serious here. 25. 30 years. This is a good club, the 30s. 40 years. Now you start seeing the white hairs. (laughs) We have people that are walking with Jesus for such a long time. Why are they still here? Because we are all still learning to apply the word of God into our lives. We're all disciples following Jesus, every word that he says and applying into our lives because we're still doing imperfectly. We're still learning. We're still disciples. And, but that's why community is so important. We encourage one another into following Jesus. Maturity. Christian maturity. Spiritual maturity. The maturity that really matters in life. Is not about how much you hear Jesus. It's about how much you obey Jesus. 
It's not about how much you listen. It's about how much you act on it. And God wants to guide us into maturity, into obedience. So I want this morning to help you make this commitment, the greatest commitment that you can ever make, challenge you to develop a passion to obey God. And I am here to tell you that is my passion. Every day when I close my eyes and I wake up in the morning, my purpose of my life is, God, what do you want me to do? God, I don't have many things going on. I have so much that is, is to do with my life. But God, what do you want me to do? That is a passion of obedience that we all need to have in the presence of God. I want to be able to say at the end of my days, when I close my eyes here on earth, to not opening them here again and looking at Jesus, and I want Jesus to say, come here, faithful servant. Enter the rest of your king. I live to hear those words one day, and you should too. Because that's the whole good, the goal, and the whole purpose of our lives. How can I serve God today? It needs to become this consuming passion of everything we do. And the, the Apostle Paul, in the Word of God, he had that kind of passion. And he, in a, in a very beautiful passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he is comparing the Christian life to a race. And he's urging us, so let's read together. Let's listen to what the Word of God says. It says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Is it true? Have you been into a stadium? Have, maybe some of you were runners. You know what, what he's talking about. He's talking to a crowd that, that knew the Olympic Games. They invented, the Romans invented the Olympic Games. So it was a big thing. Even back then, they had stadiums. People were, were racing. Even if you haven't been to a stadium, if you have TV, I'm sure that you've went through a, a sports channel, something that's called Eurosport or something, and you've seen people doing track and field and different things. So you know the picture. You know what it's like. You've seen the athletes race. Everyone runs. One wins. Everyone is trying their very best. Everyone is putting all the effort, but it says only one wins. And Paul is telling us, you have to run to win. Christians, they need to run to win. All good athletes, they train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You are after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it. And then missing out myself. Jesus puts us on the way to eternity with him in heaven. This is what Pedro spoke to us last week. One day we will cross the finish line and we will live in the presence of God forevermore. One day God is going to wipe every tear. He is going to take away every hurt. He is going to glorify this body of ours that has so many pains everywhere. God is going to finish the beautiful work that he started in our lives. And I can't wait for that day to come. 
I can't wait for the day that we were going to be in the presence of God forever with no more suffering, no more pain, no more death, no more cancer, no more depression, no more things that bring us down in life because we're going to be in the presence of God forever and nothing is going to change that. Can I hear an amen? amen? That is the goal of the race of life. This is how God put us here on earth too. One day, God is going to reward us for how we loved him, for how we ran the race. We didn't ask for any reward. Man, it even feels a bit awkward. God, you did everything for us and you're still going to reward us? You're still going to give us an award for what we've done? And the Bible says that when we get that award, we're just going to give it back to the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus... It's not us. It wasn't us. It was all you. Even the effort, even the sacrifices that we make, it's not from our strength. It's not any, anything that we've done. It's all him. The problem is a lot of us, we want to walk the Christian race. We want to jog in the Christian race. But you can't go to the store and get a good running outfit, nice shorts, good professional shoes. That doesn't make you a runner. I sure like to look that part. When we go to the gym, especially if you go to the gym, you wanna you see people wearing all those nice outfits and you think, man, these are these people are serious about it. They're looking at their phone all the time, but it doesn't matter because they looked apart. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Looking like a runner, looking like a Christian, it doesn't make you a runner. And surely will not make you cross the finish line. The goal of a race is that you need to run as fast as possible to the finish line as soon as you can. So Paul is telling to us this morning, in Christian life, simply being part of the pack doesn't work. Simply being in the track doesn't work. Simply having the shoes and the shorts and all the equipment, it doesn't make you a runner. Only those that are running are able to finish the race on time. Only if you run in your spiritual life, you will be able to run to the finish line. Have you heard about something called the loser's limp? No? Maybe some of you have competed in sports, and I know, I think you know what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to explain what it is. And I'll explain using football. It's, it's, but the real football, the one that you use your feet, not the football that you use your hands. That's, but that's another discussion, okay? Loser's limp is what happens right after the football player misses the penalty shot or fails to receive an easy pass. You know what happens? They go for it and they, and they all of a sudden, oh, I missed it oh, because of this, right? So they, they, they go and they, 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 
they, they, sh- they shoot the ball and all of a sudden it doesn't go in. Oh, but it was because of this. It's not really working out. So they want everyone else to look at them with pity. That's the reason why. It, I mean, poor guy, it was so unfortunate. And in the rice of life, and in this race that we are running with the Lord, many times we develop a loser's limp. Many times we just, instead of owning up to our lives and to our decisions and how the fact that we are not running, we use it as an excuse to give an impression that there are forces beyond our control that are not helping us to run the race. Do you know what I'm talking about? Many times life is not easy on us and we go through seasons and we go through unemployment and we go through the storms and that we use those things as an excuse to say why I am not running. And we accept the fact that we're limping. We accept the fact that, yeah, what can I do? I can't do any better because this is my situation. This is my problem. But God is saying our circumstances are not a good reason for us to not run the race. What we go through, what happened to you in the past, different circumstances that you've gone through are not good enough reason for us not to cross the finish line one day. God wants you and I to be very aware, yes, that we go through problems, and I'm not here to minimize and say what you go through isn't easy. Yes, it's true. It's really hard. You know why? Because I'm also a human being. We go through the same things. The same health scares, the same death of relatives, the same uh, conflicts in the workplace, the difficulties in marriage. We all go through all those different seasons and all different problems. We're all hurt. But according to the word of God, those are not excuses to stop running the, run, the race of faith. It's true that some circumstances are beyond our control. But we need to start looking at those things as challenges, as opportunities, rather than excuses for the state of our lives and do absolutely nothing about it. You know the saying, when life gives you lemons, you go get the gin and tonic. You make lemonade. You're racing the race of faith, and there are obstacles in your path. What do you do? Do we stop? Do we lament the fact that we're going and that we see something right in front of us? No. It's a hurdle race. We start jumping above. The Bible says that those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They're going to fly. They will have wings like eagles to rise above circumstances, to carry on to finish the race that God called us to finish. I don't know if the excuses that you have right now are in your past, the things that happened to you, 
if you feel that though you are the way that you are today because of what happened in the past. I don't know if, if you just have, have feelings of worthlessness. No one seems to like me. No one seems to care about me. Everyone is abandoning me. I don't know if it's addictions, that I can't help it. It's just too strong. I can't do anything about it. It's just who I am. I don't know if it's introversion. I'm okay in being on my own. I, don't, I cannot handle people. I'm not good with people, so I, I prefer to stay home. I don't want to be part of a community. It's your, maybe it's, it's laziness, and sometimes we're just lazy. Man, Ruben, that just seems a lot of work now. That just seems a lot to do, and I have a lot on my plate to do right now. Maybe it's just lack of commitment. Yeah, that seems a lot. I don't want people to think that I'm a fanatic, people that think that I'm head over heels about Jesus. No, I need to be more balanced. Maybe you're hiding behind self-pity. Maybe you're thinking, it's too late. I've messed up way too much. It's too late to turn to God. And we're here to tell you, Let's run the race with no excuses. Accept no excuses to stop running the race of faith. I'm not saying that Christians will leap over every obstacle like we're supermen. Many times we will stumble and fall. Because we're flawed human beings. We're not perfect. None of us are. But being a real Christian means we don't allow our past. We don't allow our feelings to control our lives. We embrace the word of God. We commit to listen to the words of Jesus. And we say and we declare, I am going to obey what the Lord Jesus is saying. I'm going to do with my life according to the plans that God has for me. And I will let nothing to come between me and God. That decision needs to come from you. God is not going to make that decision for you. He is right there and speaking into your heart, giving you the strength to make that commitment, but it needs to come from you. That desire to understand, living with a limp is not acceptable. Being a Christian that is not able to run a race, the Christian race, it's not me who's saying, God is saying, it's not acceptable. That is not going to end well for you. Serving God half-heartedly doesn't work. Half-stepping in your obedience to God doesn't work. You have to do like Paul is saying, you have to give it everything you've got. And so many times, oh, but I already gave enough. Am I, am I already doing so much? Are you really giving everything you've got? Jesus is saying, everyone who wants to come and follow me, they have to deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. There is no place of half-stepping. There is no place of complacency. If you want to win the race, if you want to cross the finish line, if you want to build your life according to the will of God, you need to give everything you've got because the cost of building your life on sand is just too high. 
You're risking your entire life to crumble down in the midst of storms of life. The cost of not finishing the Christian race, the race of faith, is equally too high. You're risking messing out on eternity with Jesus. You only have one life to live with God and for God. And this is the life that we have to live to be blessed, to see the grace and the power and the purpose of God. And I want you all to be living in it. God wants you all to be living and building your life on the words of Jesus. Because why? Because when the storms hit and when difficulties come, your house is going to stand firm. Because you're building your life on rock. Everyone will be able to see the grace and the power of God through you. Because people may be crumbling left, right, and center, but you will stand because you are a faithful servant of Jesus. And God is faithful to you. Your faithfulness to God pays off big time. There is nothing that God cannot do for his children. There is nothing that God does not do for those that he loves, for those that he cares, because he called you with a purpose. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. Yes, we go through seasons of unemployment. Yes, we go through illnesses. We go through all of that. But nothing can take away the joy, the peace, and the grace, and the love of God in your life. The enemy doesn't even stand a chance when you're building your life on solid rock. But if you're choosing to build your life on sand, if you're choosing to walk or jog or limp in the race of faith, I want to remind you that you have this opportunity to see the grace and the blessing of God in your life, in your family, in your mental health, in your culture, in your workplace, in this church, we want to see more of God. And God has a lot more to do in your life. So don't give up. Now it's not the time to sit. Now it's not the time to give up. Now it's not the time to lick your wounds. Now it's the time to run the race of faith like you've never done it before. Because this race is very close to finish. I'm 36 years old. It feels like I'm 66 years old sometimes. Life is heavy sometimes. We never know when it's gonna, God is going to call our name and it's time for us to go. You, you and I, we don't know how much time we have left to run the race. So I want to encourage you this morning. Are you running the race? Are you building on solid rock? Can the worship team come, please, as we finish? And we will finish with a time of worship. And if you will stand with me this morning, we want to be purposeful right now with this time. And I'll invite you to close your eyes right now because the focus right now is not on the person that is next to you. It's not on the, this very nice polo shirt that Gabby gave me. The focus is not on 
the things that we're able to see, now the focus on the things that are unseen. And as you close your eyes this morning, I want you to take a good look at your heart. With the help of the Holy Spirit, that He will enlighten and He will show you how you have been racing in the race of faith. How have you been building your life so far? And I want to encourage you this morning. It's time that we rise above the circumstances. It's time that we rely on the grace and the love and the power of God like never before. It's time that we find the purpose, the meaning, and the direction of our lives in the Word of God. Despite any setbacks in our past, despite the pressures in our presence, despite our fears about our futures, we have to focus on Jesus. Now it's the time to place Him in front of us, to fix our eyes on the finish line, and do everything we can to cross it. God has an abundant life for you and I to live. And I hope it was clear from my words and what I've said from the Word of God this morning. An abundant life with Jesus, it doesn't mean a life with no hardships. A life with Jesus, it doesn't mean that you're going to cut corners. That you're going to have it more easy than other people that don't have Jesus. That's not it. You are going to be hit hard. Life is not going to be easy on you and me. And I don't know what you're going through right now. And I don't know surely what is going to hit you next. But the word of God is encouraging us. We better be ready. You and I, we better be ready. You and I, we better be building our lives on something that is solid. On something that is everlasting. But because everything that is possible to move away and go away, it's gonna. The Bible is, tells us that we that cannot, we shouldn't focus on things that are perishable. Things that do not matter. That we should focus on li our lives on things that are eternal. How important is what is eternal right now in your life? We're going to sing a song that is called Build Your Life. I've asked the worship team that we can sing this song. And I hope, if you don't know the song, if you don't know the lyrics, please open your eyes. Look at those lyrics. And let us make this the prayer of our hearts this morning. Don't declare this just because other people are singing, just because it's on the screen. We have to do it. No. If you are not willing to run the race, if you are not willing to focus right now your life on Jesus, you better not even sing it. Because you will be saying something to God that it's not it's in your that it's not in your heart. And we don't want that. This is not about an emotional decision. This is a decision that is made between your mind and your heart and your spirit and your soul and your intellect 
when we declare, God, I want to build my life upon your word. It is a solid foundation. God, I want to listen from you every day and I want to be obedient to what I hear from you so that I will do it. God, I don't know what's going to happen next in my life and I don't know how you're going to solve and give me an exit out of this situation. But I'm calling upon your name and I'm trusting in the God that is my rock. So take this time as a moment, a precious moment between you and the Lord and make that commitment right now to build your life on the words of Jesus, to run the race of faith until you're able to cross the finish line.